Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a relationship, dating, and sex coach based in Kansas City who just loves to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. Be warned, you should be 18 and over and probably be listening with your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. Self-described former corporate addict turned entrepreneur, Robin Stevens became certified in feng shui in 2012 and then founded her business, Robin Stevens Feng Shui, in 2013. She's a member of the International Feng Shui Guild, a frequent TV guest, and a much sought-after speaker. She works with both homeowners and business clients to make sure that their space is set up for things like love and prosperity. She does one-on-one consultations, workshops, and private events. And I'll have her info in my show notes, just as I do for all of my guests, because I'm sure after this episode, you're going to want to have her come over and talk with you too. I really do believe that energy is in all things, including how we set up our bedroom, so I was really happy to have her come over and take a quick gander at my space. I definitely made some shifts, some changes, um, made some uh, adjustments to how my artwork is displayed since she was over here. I hope you learned as much from this episode as I did. Enjoy the show. Well, Robin, I'm really happy to have you with me today. Um, You have been one of my favorite people that I have met through this journey of becoming a sex coach and building my business. So, um, Robin, if you could just introduce yourself to the audience. To the audience. Sure. My name is Robin Stevens, and I am a feng shui practitioner and consultant, which just means I have been practicing it myself for almost 20 years. But I also go into people's homes and businesses and bedrooms mm-hmm. and help them figure out what are the energetic things that might be holding them back. Gotcha. So, yeah, Kansas City native, married almost 30 years, 30, well, 30 years this month. Oh, wow. Congrats. Holy I don't look that old, right? No, definitely okay. not. Good. Good. Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. I'm sure that we'll talk a little bit about how you think feng shui has helped keep oh, things going. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because if you've been doing it for that long, I'm sure you've seen some influences from the the first portion of your marriage versus the uh, last portion. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I think it was life changing and life saving. Really? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the first time we met was through a um, group. It's a wellness consortium with yep. Dr. Michelle Robin, yes. and she encourages people to have one-on-ones just to get to know each other better. Mm-hmm. And you know, I had no idea what to expect. I've, I've heard a little bit about feng shui. I'm, I'm familiar with the general concept, um, but I was really excited to learn more about it. But then you brought so many things to mind for me that I just had never considered before and mm-hmm. how feng shui affects your life, especially your love life. Yes. So that's kind of why I brought you on today Yay. to talk a little bit more about that. I love it. And you can feel free to critique your, my space. She's in my home right now. So. No, I'll tell you what I tell everybody. If you invite me over, unless you hire me, mm-hmm. I am not going to turn the feng shui eyes on because otherwise no one will have me over. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'll be like, you know, <laughs> sad and lonely. Well, I said, I do keep my house this tidy, honestly. Perfect. I really do. That's good. So, yes. I, since I have cats, I have to sleep and vacuum a lot. So. That's a good thing. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Always have to ask people if they have allergies <laughs> before they come over. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so... With feng shui, can you give just a little overview for someone who's completely unfamiliar? So our homes are like living, I'm going to take my jacket off, sorry, living, breathing vision boards. So, and what what I mean by that is anything that's happening in your life, good or bad, Mm -hmm. mirrors how you're living in your home. And that just means that how you live in your home, the stuff that you have, the the way you store your stuff, um, how you decorate has a direct impact on every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. It impact positively and negatively. It impacts health and career and finances and love, just to name a few. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people don't really consider that the place that they spend the majority of their life has such a huge impact on them. So that's where I come in. I'm like a detective. I just go in and look for those um, environmental clues or those triggers that I can see that can be you know, tripping people up. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, and how long have you, so you, you practiced before you went into business. So how long were you practicing? So I was practicing about 12 years and I found I was like this armchair feng shui consultant. Mm-hmm. Every time somebody would say to me, oh my gosh, my husband and I are fighting like cats and dogs. I'd be like, well, tell me about your bedroom. Where's your bed situated? Or they were struggling with their careers. Tell me about your front door. And so when I saw the 
third corporate layoff coming down the road at me, I thought I, I need to do something different. So mm-hmm. I'd been passionate about feng shui. I lived it. I loved it and went back to school and, and got certified. That's so cool. Yeah, so that's, that's sort of your entrepreneurial path. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And that was one thing that fascinated about fascinated me about you too is the the entrepreneurship side in that journey because as a, a newer female entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wanted to to learn more about what what that whole arena was like. So it's you know it's so fulfilling and you know when you first start you you as a, an entrepreneur especially one that's service based like we are you don't always start off with that beautiful corporate paycheck that you had, mm-hmm. but the rest of the life is so much more fulfilling. There's so many things that you didn't get when you were just sitting behind a desk mm-hmm. that is just, it's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Friendships. Like, the, we probably never would have met if it hadn't been for that networking event. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Dr. Michelle Robin does bring people together. So. A hundred percent. Yeah. She's a gatherer. Gatherer, connector. Love that about her. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I feel that way about life, too, that I'm a, a connector. And so it's nice to be around other people that, that see the reciprocity in connecting people. Exactly. It doesn't have to be about there's something in it for you in that moment. To me, connecting people to one another, down the road, those people are going to remember, like, you know what? She helped me out and connected with that person, and this person's going to benefit her, so I need to make that connection. Like, right. It will all come full circle eventually when you're just helping people because you know that two people need to connect. They need to meet. They need to do business together or whatever. I think you're right. And I love how Michelle puts it. Dr. Michelle Robin is, you know, be a go-giver. Mm-hmm. I think that's brilliant. That's one of yeah. my favorite things I've ever heard come out of her mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Yay. So, and like, like you said, it brought us together. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what made you finally say like, okay, it's time to make this my business. I mean, you knew that you liked it. You knew you were getting laid off from work, but what really made you make that leap? You know, I, 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 at the time that I decided to go back to school, I don't think I really was consciously, maybe subconsciously, I don't think I was consciously saying, I'm going to do this as a career. But when I was in school, we had to actually go and do practice feng shui consultations with different in different segments. Mm-hmm. And every single one, without exception, I was helping them to either have aha moments or shift energy so they were seeing completely different um, opportunities and successes mm-hmm. in their life, and it kind of got to be addicting. It was just it. It felt so good and so powerful to be part of their journey, and so when the layoff came, I was ready. I had already gotten my website together. My business cards were up and running, you know, and I was handing them out the next day. And I have not looked back. And it's been over six years ago. Nice. Yeah. There's a lot of power that comes along with being your own boss. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I don't feel like you're giving it away anymore. And I'm sure that's something that you talk about in feng shui is like the, the power dynamics and power flow and all that. So Well, and I, I just call it skin in the game. You know, mm. people have to be, it's, it, you both have to be in it to win it in mm. order for it to be successful mm-hmm. in almost every interaction that you have. Yeah. So I, of course, am dying to hear yeah. about some of your stories with some of the couples that you've gone and mm-hmm. consulted with. Because well, one of the things that Robin brought up to me is how... She feels like she can take one look at somebody's bedroom and tell what their love life is like. It's true. It's true. And it's I can do it with single people and with married people. So where do you want me to start? <laughs> we'll start with married couples. Okay. Yeah. So symbolism is so huge in feng shui. You know, it, and definitely it's about furniture placement. It's absolutely about the flow of, of energy through your space. It's about the shape of your home. Um, the placement of your toilets, the placement of your staircases, and that's all stuff I can help with. But Mm -hmm. the stuff that you and I are going to talk about, I think anybody can do for themselves. But the purpose of the bedroom, it's got two purposes, intimacy and sleep. Mm -hmm. Those are the only two things that you should be doing in that space. So I will never forget the day I walked into a client's bedroom, and I said, so you and your husband don't have sex anymore. And she's like, how did you know that? And she's young. I mean, she's, she was, they were a young couple. Uh-huh. I said, who are all these people on the dresser staring at your bed? Mm. It was every single person who had ever died. Oh, wow. In their lives. And it was just like this audience from the great beyond just watching them. And so their subconscious was going, yeah, no. Yeah, we can't we can't have sexy time with this audience. Uh, mm-hmm. uh-huh. The only eyeballs that should be in your bedroom are you and your honey. That's it. Anybody else is just getting in the way. 
Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. I have no pictures of people in my bedroom. Good. <laughs> Good. A plus. Good. So, well, then tell me about some of the people. What are some of the other things that you've seen? So, okay. So, for people that um, are not in a partnership. So, first of all, let me back up. If you're mm-hmm. in a partnership, one of the best ways that you can stay connected is to have a picture of you and your honey a current picture where you look good, he looks good, she looks good, the two of you look good together um, in your space. And you don't want just one or the other because it's all about being equal, right? Mm-hmm. And, and having um, this partnership that's that neither one of you is dominant. In a single person's bedroom, especially single women, it's not unusual for a single woman when they call, typically when the client calls me, it's because they want to be either in a partnership, it's about career, it's about money, one of those three things. And when I walk into a single woman's bedroom who has told me they want to be in a partnership and there's images of single women all throughout the bedroom. And I was in one bedroom where honest to God, she had 21 images of single women in this tiny, cute little bedroom. Oh, wow. And we started talking about, okay, you say you want a partnership, but what you're actually presenting to the universe it's, is that you want to be a single woman. I mean, mm-hmm. I hadn't even finished that sentence, and we were taking all of these images <laughs> out of the bedroom. And on, within two weeks, she got a call out of the blue from the friend of a friend asking her for a coffee date. So not a love connection, but it was almost an immediate shift in the energy. And mm-hmm. it's she's now in a really strong, healthy, happy relationship. Oh, that's lovely. I know. I love those. Those are my fave. Well, and it's all about the energy shift, really. Yeah. It's all about the energy shift. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, I have a friend that coined this, and I love it, and I've stolen it and used it many times. But your home is like an order form to the universe. Did I say that already? Mm-mm. Order form to the universe. You're telling the universe you want by how you live and what you surround yourself with. So if you don't want to be a single woman, maybe don't have 21 images. <laughs> Does yeah. that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yes. If I had to sum up feng shui in a nutshell, it would be like attracts like. Mm-hmm. So what are you attracting to yourself? Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. I have a lot of, a lot of bird duos and trios on my wall. Well, of, like groups of things. You know, if that's awesome. If you're going to be in a, what I'm going to term it as a traditional, you know, relationship with just one other person, then duos are perfect. Mm-hmm. If you want to be in something a little bit different and you'd like to have two partners, then the trios work even better. So depending on what you're looking for, that's how you can set your space up, mm. set your images mm-hmm. up. Say I'm open to either. So, so then that's perfect. <laughs> and that's kind of. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I think that's that's lovely. Yeah, my my logo is three little birds, so you know, and that was that was kind of more of the subconscious to the customers. If it could be me talking with a couple, it could be referring to polyamorous couples, right, and all that. So, right, and yeah. I think you know the wonderful thing about the you know how we're living right now is all of that is happening, and it's happening loud and proud mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. Not everyone, but and so I think that's a great way to represent it. Yeah. I actually just went to Bonnaroo with some friends that are in an open relationship, and it was the husband, the wife, and the boyfriend. Oh, nice. Yeah. And this fall, they're all going to a festival together. It's the, the husband, the wife, the boyfriend, and then the girlfriend. So, yeah, they figured out that there's enough room in their tent for four when they were down there this weekend. So, like, this is going to work perfect. And that you know, sounds like a lot of fun. There were times where I was observing, going, like, how is, is this really? It is. It is working. Yeah. No, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it was just me trying to break my own um, conditioning. Right. I think that's, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they make it work. They've got respect for one another. And and yeah. what a great way to observe it, you know, mm-hmm. on, a, on a kind of a, an extended period of time and to really kind of get a feel for how that, how that works. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Yeah. And I was seeing her get her fulfillment from her different partners in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, you know, that's all about is that... That one person, what we've done with romanticism is put so much responsibility on one person in our life to be everything to us. And that's right. such a burden. Right. And it's nearly impossible to fulfill. So the fact that she can now get different things that she needs from different partners and neither one of them feel overburdened in providing everything for her anymore. It's so then they can show up as their best selves. Yes. I think that's fantastic. I really do. And you know, I think... 
that's something that I have a lot of conversations with my clients about, especially women, but men too, is sometimes they are so much about caring for everybody else in their lives that they are not represented physically in their space. Mm-hmm. It's like they're, they're nowhere represented. And, and you, you can't fully show up in your life if you are not present in your space. Mm-hmm. What ways do you see that? Um, well, I see, you know, homes, big, huge homes, and one or a, one of the partners has no space that's dedicated just to them. It's mm-hmm. like maybe, and typically this is the wife, mm-hmm. having to decorate everything within an inch of, you know, so it looks like architectural digest, instead of like maybe the partner having a little slice of space that he, that person, he or she can just do whatever the heck they want to do. There's mm-hmm. no judgment. They can put up their you know, Elvis posters or their guitars or whatever they want to do, and they can just have their own space. Mm-hmm. Um, or, 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 or in mothers especially, it's like they're never in the equation until all of a sudden it's empty nesting, and they're like, uh, what about me? Mm-hmm. So we try to make sure we carve out some space for them. Yeah. What do yeah. you think that that does for people's lives, really, when they have that space? You know, it, it shows up. In every aspect of your life, whether it's making new friendships, finding new um, hobbies or interests, a lot of times finding partners, but finding the right partner. You know, we can all find the wrong one. You can Mm -hmm. find tons of wrong ones that just cycle in. So let's set our space up so the right partner's coming in. You know, we're, we're taking care of clutter. We're looking at the artwork that's on our walls and what it represents. We're not keeping, you know trinkets from past relationships in the bedroom because that's holding the energy of the past relationship mm-hmm. and usually it's most breakups are not super positive and um we just we need to neutralize that energy and make room for a new partner or a new phase of the partnership gotcha can i ask is it is it so much about getting rid of those things altogether? Or is it just about removing them from certain spaces like should they maybe go in a box somewhere if it's something that Yes. You want to keep it in the long run, but yeah. or maybe just can't let go of right now. Just maybe just not have it in your bedroom is what you're saying. Well, what I'm going to say is this. Almost every single question that people ask me without any kind of background is it depends because everybody's different. Mm-hmm. If it's a really harsh, painful, traumatic breakup, that shit's got to go. You know, <laughs> yeah. it just needs to be out of your house. It's probably just weighing you down in ways you have no idea. Yeah. And you can totally cuss on here. Okay. Thank you. If, um, if you, if you, if your partner has passed and you're just trying to figure out how to move on to the next stage of life and you're ready to let the things move out of your bedroom, but you're not ready to let them go, then I think just respectfully and lovingly packaging them up and storing them away, but storing them outside the bedroom, Mm -hmm. um, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, then I do have one interesting question. Yeah. I'm curious your opinion about sex toys. Like yeah. if you've got a sex toy in a partnership, what are your thoughts about yes, keeping please. or disposing? No, wait, say it again. So sex say, toys say from got, a previous say, partnership? Yeah, say you, you mm. were in a partnership, because I've, I've had this with clients before, yeah. and I know what I advised them to do, and I'm yeah. curious about your opinion. Okay. Because in, a, in this particular situation, it was he purchased the toys for them to use together. She didn't particularly care about them, but she didn't really know what to do with them. Okay. I told her to get rid of them. Enough yes. And start over fresh. percent So everything carries energy. And mm-hmm. left behind energy has a tendency to repeat itself. Mm-hmm. Okay? So first of all, there's nothing more intimate... Than a sex toy. Than a sex toy. Right. And all of a sudden, you're going to use this sex toy with a new partner that has the energy of the old partner. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of ick, really. You know? So, yeah, it needs to go. Yeah. Yeah, and I, we, I did we, that twice with both my divorces. I got rid of any toys that I got with them. Yes. Although I had some toys I got between the relationships. I kept those because I felt like they were mine. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's okay. Think Although that's... they've died by now. So. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you dispose of old sex toys? I just threw them in the trash. Yeah. I, I don't know what else you could do with them. Yeah. I think I wrapped them in a t-shirt just... You know, that time was modest about, like, I don't need the trash man to see all my business. So. Yeah. And I live in an apartment complex, so. Yes. And honestly, I would get rid of the sex toys the minute the relationship ends. Mm-hmm. Um, because 
it's the physical part that really is, it's so intimate and it keeps us so connected. And you need to, if you really need to make that break, that's one way to do it is to eliminate, is to eliminate all that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a good idea. I, I mean, there are people out there who have made huge investments in their sex toys. And when I've told them like, you probably need to get rid of those. They're like, I'm like, are you enjoying using them? Are you even using them? Well, and, you know, asking, you know, is what's more important, a new healthy relationship or something that's tinged with the energy of the old? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I once got introduced to somebody at a networking event, and my, my friend was like, this person has the largest sex toy collection I've ever seen in my life. So I was thinking about that person. <laughs> that would be a huge investment for them to get rid of. But. Yeah. Well, and you wonder how many how many partnerships does that cover? Right. Oh, I, I'm I'm pretty sure they're probably a pretty open mm-hmm. relationship kind of person. Which so. is, and and you know what? I've invited them case, to be on the podcast, so we'll see. Oh, good. <laughs> and in that case, that might be okay. You know, that might be that might fall under the depends mm-hmm. comment so category. Yeah, agreed. You know, another thing I think about being in the bedroom is. Aside from it being all about intimacy and sleep, it's super important that you control your clutter. Mm -hmm. The subconscious mind really drives everything. You know, we know that consciously you may not even see the clutter anymore, but what the way it manifests itself energetically is it's impossible to get intimate and to be vulnerable when we're surrounded by clutter. Mm -hmm. It just, it's, it's not, there's nothing sexy about it. I agree. Yeah, I agree. That's something that I had to work hard on. I, my parents are kind of clutter people, uh, so I had to break myself of that. Mm. Honestly, a couple of divorces and a, a flooded basement helped with that tremendously. We'll do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I pretty much only have things in my home now that well, to do the Marie Kondo thing, bring me joy. Yeah, um, good. You know, like I have very small areas where I have trinkets. I don't have a ton of things on my countertops. Um, I don't have stacks of clothes in the corner waiting Good. to go to charity and all that. Um, but that took work. Yeah. It took a lot of work. Well, you asked me earlier about, you know, why feng shui and did I really think it made a difference? And when my husband, so I've been together with my husband for 30 years and mm-hmm. I love him to pieces. We have so much fun together. Um, but the thing you have to know about us is he is, there's a place for everything and everything in its place kind of guy. Ah. And when we first connected, I was like, I would leave stacks of things by the stairs to take them upstairs. And two weeks later, they'd still be there. Uh He once took a chair out of our bedroom because I would not stop stacking stuff on it. (laughs) I don't push the drawers in. And that, we would would fight over that stuff. Mm -hmm. And when I first had a feng shui consultant come to our house, having no idea what I was getting into, just Mm -hmm. for some reason felt compelled and driven to have her come. She talked to me about clutter and how it affects us and not just, you know, with the, the fighting between me and my husband, but just energetically how it can clog your cash flow if it's in your money area or mm-hmm. it can bring in the wrong partners or do a number on your sex life. But for whatever reason, as we were talking, it really, after a lifetime of being the clutter bug, it mm-hmm. really connected and so now I um, like to say I visit Clutterville, but I don't live there anymore. Yeah. And that we're both much happier. Yeah, very so, good. I know mm-hmm. my previous partners would say like, oh, no, you love clutter. You're fine with clutter. You're whatever. But I'm not that way anymore. Yeah. I think it took three years of being, oh, God, I'm heading on four years of being single uh, for to really do that. I yeah. just realized that it just having those things around weren't, it wasn't worth it anymore. It wasn't yeah. worth it to have stacks of paper to go through a stacks of mail that was, right. you know, junk mail mostly, but just right. wasn't dealt with. Just That was the whole thing. It was things that were left undealt with. Correct. And the more I started dealing with those things, the more I started dealing with other things in my life. Exactly. You, you've just nailed it. And, and the thing about it is what people don't realize is you leave that stack of mail on the counter and consciously you think it's no big deal, but subconsciously it's an energy drain. And every time you walk by it, your subconscious is getting a little irritated, getting a little frustrated. And that will come out in just a slew of different ways. Mm-hmm. Bad mood, snapping at people, yeah, not know. getting your bills paid. And I don't know where I heard it recently. I feel like it was probably at a wellness consortium thing, but I don't know if it was you or somebody else talking about how even when women especially think about the clutter that they have in their home, they don't have to even see it just to think about it raises their cortisol levels. It brings them anxiety. I Yeah, that wasn't me, but yes, 100%. 
That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and it affects everything. So anyway, I know we went down the clutter roll, but what else <laughs> no. do you want to talk about? Clutter, I think, is an important thing for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see how having clutter in your bedroom absolutely affects it because you're just, I mean... I've heard stories from people that they can't even really sleep in their beds properly because they've got stacks of clothes at the end of the bed or, you know, they've got to crawl over piles of things to get to their bed. They, you know, they don't have any idea where their sex toys are because they're buried under something. Right. Um, But yeah, and if if your bedroom's dirty, if your bedroom's messy and cluttered, maybe it smells bad. You just don't want to be in there. You don't want to be in there. And what I've noticed is with throughout my consultations is a lot of the time, especially when people move into a new house, the bedroom is the last thing that they um, tackle, decor-wise, organization-wise, whatever, because nobody sees it. Mm. But it should be the first thing you tackle because it's where you go to, you know, recharge your batteries, where you rejuvenate, where you sleep, where you get, you know, connected with your partner. So, you know, if nobody, if you walk away with nothing else from this conversation, you know, go to your bedroom, just give it a good judging, clean yeah. it, declutter it. You once brought up something about not keeping things under your bed. Correct. So tell me more about that. Like nothing under your bed? Because I've got like an Ikea bed with like drawers. Because I need storage. Yes. Yeah. So if you're going to do that, first of all, the energy, whatever's underneath your bed, it's like the energy of that item, it it, it comes up through the the mattress, which I know that sounds crazy. But for instance, people who who store shoes under their bed... um, tend to have a hard time staying in committed relationships because it's like they're always coming and going, coming Mm -hmm. and going, or their partner is coming and going. Um, I once had a consultation with a little boy. um, His mom brought me in because he was just not sleeping. He had so much anxiety. He was very aggressive. When we opened up that drawer in the bed were a ton of electronic airplanes and cars and, I mean, just so much energy, mm-hmm. aggressive energy was coming through to this little guy while he was sleeping. And mm. so we just removed everything out of that drawer. And what we ended up putting in there was bedding, pillows and comforters. And it, you know, over, it took, it took a little bit of time, but over a couple of weeks, he just started calming down and just kind of smoothing out. And it made a huge difference. Good to know. Cause that's mm-hmm. what I have is bedding and yeah. <laughs> pillows and sex toys. <laughs> <laughs> The sex toys, I mean, you know, the energy of it, the, the, the electromagnetic, yeah, I think that could be really good, though. Right. I hope, yeah. But I remember my first instructor was talking specifically about beds, not having anything under the bed, and she was so adamant about it. What part of nothing under the bed don't you understand? But, you know, especially I think about the part of town you live in, space is a premium. Oh, yeah. So you I have don't to be, have closet yeah, space here. <laughs> you got to be strategic. Yes, very so, much so. Yeah. And actually part of it was uh, I have a shithead cat that likes to scratch underneath my bed. So I thought putting drawers underneath there would stop it. And instead he just scratches at the drawers to get under the bed at night. Oh, so, stinker. Yeah. Well, but again, the storage was really the yeah. the main onus for that. But Okay, good to know. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think here. Well, what are, what are some of your ideal clients like? You know, my ideal clients, the thing about a feng shui uh, consultation is you're going to have fun. You know, even though we're doing some hard work and it's going to mm-hmm. be life, it can be life changing if you really pay attention to it and energy shifting, we have so much fun. So I think the people that come at it from a point of let's get her done and mm-hmm. let's have some fun, or, those are my faves. You know, we really have a good time together. But really, I think anybody that's feeling stuck um, in any aspect of their life and they just don't know where to get started because sometimes going to a therapist or, that, you know, that's that's the hard work that people are afraid to tackle. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Start with your home, whether mm-hmm. it's just your bedroom or really any area of your home that you can get it under control and get it to the point where it's supporting you. Everything else is going to start to follow and to roll into place. Gotcha. Yeah. And sometimes people just don't know. They just know they need... Like, I, that's the way I was. I didn't know what a consultation was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was going to do for me. I just knew I needed it. And it, you know, once I had my first consultation and I started decluttering and cleaning and organizing and hanging crystals, which I didn't know why, but I did it anyway, life just opened up in the biggest beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you touched base a little bit on how it affected your relationship with just, like, the clutter. But yeah, I don't know if you... Are you familiar with Esther Perel? I am not. So she talks about how when you're in a long-term relationship, you have to be willing to redefine 
the relationship mm-hmm. ever so often. Whenever it's not working for you, you've got to make yeah. some shifts. And that you can have the same, you can have the same, be married to the same person, but have different marriages to that person. Yep. So how do you feel like since you've made these shifts, what, what differences have you really seen? Because it's, is it just, it's not just about the clutter. Right. No, right. So, well, this is what I'll say is my husband and I went through a period um, of several years that were very, very difficult. And it was more inner demons that one of us was battling and the other one was just trying to figure out how to navigate it. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I did is I was just almost anal about um, making sure our bedroom was supporting us mm-hmm. and making sure that anything that was in it was to our highest good and to support us in every way. I mean, I didn't, you know, go crazy with little trinkets and about, but I just really made sure everything supported us. You didn't sew crystals into his linen. You know, I did not. I didn't have like little, yeah. I, I Sometimes people go a little overboard with, and they get into feng shui analysis paralysis and they've got so much crap that their, their feng shui adjustments turn into clutter. Ah, mm-hmm. I didn't do that. So what happened was, I think because I, I created such a... And he was on board with that. So we, we, we actually did a lot of that together. Um, we created such a supportive space that we could navigate through this hard time and get the help that we needed um, because we were we put ourselves in a, in a place that we could hear it, see it, live it. Which if our place had been a hot mess and disorganized... We couldn't have done it. And we, I'm not kidding, we came out on the other side of a pretty hellacious situation stronger than ever. And I I give so much of that credit to Feng Shui. That's amazing. It's been good. And, you know, it's things, and it's never been better. We've moved into our dream house. We're traveling. We're having so much fun. And I think we worked really, really hard to get there. And the Feng Shui definitely was where it all started. Awesome. I love hearing people's journeys. Yeah. I know. I didn't, without getting into a lot of details, it's kind of like, wait a minute, that sounds really woo woo, but you just got to do the things to support yourself and live in a way that says, I am worthy and you're worthy. And together we, we're going to be stronger. Yeah. I've been having a lot of conversations about energy lately. Yeah. So, and talking about the, um, opening yourself up to allow things in. Yes. That it's not just about telling the universe what you want. Because telling it what you want is doesn't do anything. If you're well, first off, you got to ask for the right things. You got to ask for it in the right way. But if you're really not opening yourself up to then allow those things to come to you, yes, like you you want it, but you don't think you deserve it. Yes, you want to buy a house, but you don't think that you deserve the privilege of owning it. Right, right. You're constantly making comments about how it's never going to happen, even though you say you want it. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, in feng shui, we say space equals opportunity, and I think you nailed it being setting yourself open up to receive um from a spatial point of view if your home is chock full of stuff if you've got so much stuff from other relationships there's no room for other stuff better things better opportunities better experiences better people to come in if you haven't made the physical room which then helps you make the mental emotional spiritual room oh shit i just thought of something i probably need to get rid of Tell me. My flat, Tell me and I'll be the judge of that. My flatware and plates from my first marriage. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think... You I don't know, use the plates very often, but I use the silverware. A lot of it, I would say, is when you when you look at it, what do you think of? Do you think about where it originated? Do you think the about... The plates I do, the flatware, no. Yeah. Yeah, the plates I do. Now, there are cures that you can do. Clearing objects of energy, That there are cures that you can do. Okay. So... Tell me more. Well, I think... Um, or just get the audience basic. Yeah, I think there's... It's, it's a pretty... In, it's not really in-depth, but there's some steps to follow. But at the very minimum, you know, get some sage or mm-hmm. wash them with, you know, orange-scented uh, soap. Mm-hmm. Just do something to... Inc- and then be very intentional as you're just cleaning everything off, that you're cleaning the energy off of whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I've got one that's even more powerful, but I, I, I couldn't even begin to repeat it from memory. Yeah, pretty much all my cookware, too. <laughs> I can't get rid of my cookware. Like well, my this. grandma gave that to me, so yeah. I think of her. I That's what I think of Good. when I think of it. While it was for the first wedding, it was yeah. from her. So. so I would say then, I mean, really just, if you've got a lot of things like that, just kind of be really, really brutal with yourself about what energy you're getting from them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Because if they're keeping, if they're holding the energy of that first marriage, that's going to make every relationship moving forward difficult. But if they're not, then... Yeah, I have been single for four years, so maybe there's that reason. <laughs> I haven't been, I haven't been focused on finding a husband this time around. I think I was too focused on that after my first marriage was finding the replacement. Yeah. You know, because I still wanted kids at that point. I'm kind of <clears throat> over that now. Um, but yeah, it's, I feel like, I don't know if my struggle has been because I am still holding on to too much energy from previous things in my life, or if it's because, you know, just still haven't found the right person. Yeah. And it's probably just a mix of, of all the above, but Hey, anything that I can do to just, again, since that focus has been more the last, especially two weeks on allowing things to come into my life that maybe I can find areas to make some shifts and some adjustments. Well, I'll give you a fun one. So if you're single and you want to be in a partnership and you you need to make room for a partner. So Mm -hmm. the way you can do that is um, maybe do you have like two nightstands? Mm, I do not. You do not. I don't have any nightstands. No nightstands. Okay. Um, Do you have a dresser? Yes. Okay. May or maybe or closet. Just make a little bit of room in either the dresser or the closet for a partner. You know, okay. just setting the intention like a placeholder. Okay. It doesn't have to be half, but just make a little bit of space. Okay. If you okay. had nightstands, I would say leave one of them completely empty for a partner, mm-hmm. which is really um, symbolically just totally representative of partnership. Mm-hmm. You know. Maybe I can make that happen. Ikea's got some stuff I can take a look at. Okay. Or, hey, I was like, going to the antique stores here in town. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. So then the nightstands, what you want to do is you want to get two that are, if they're not exactly the same, make sure that they're similar in density and size, shape, mm-hmm. height, all that stuff. Because the, the, the nightstands, believe it or not, represent kind of the equity or the relationship between the partners. And you want them to be equitable. You know, you don't want one partner completely dominating the other one. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, ideally, two lamps that match. Got it. Oh. I, could make, I could maybe make something like that happen. Placeholders. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. I was seeing somebody, but it recently ended. So. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe just, you know what, I would say spend some time on your home. You know, give it a good cleaning. You know, maybe move 27 items. There's this, that's a, that's a, um, a very popular exercise we do in feng shui is just move 27 items very intentionally to get the energy shifting and moving. Okay. Is there a reason it's 27? Because I think about return to Saturn, that's usually around your 27th Well, in feng shui, we, so many things that we do are in increments of nine inches or nine, not nine nine inches, just Mm -hmm. nine, because nine, it's a very um, auspicious, it's like the most perfect number. And so some of the cures might be 9, 27, 108, just depends what it is. Gotcha. Yeah. I feel like I'm ready to like learn so much more about feng shui, even just on my own. It's, 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 it's amazing. And, and so much of it's common sense, you know? It's common sense that if you're surrounded by clutter, your brain is probably cluttered and it's difficult to make decisions. If you're just surrounded by things that are broken, you're probably broke, whether it's financially, emotionally, spiritually. So it's just, um, it's really about common sense. And once people open their feng shui eyes, it's impossible to close them, Mm -hmm. which I love. That's when I just kind of have the Dr. Evil laugh in a really wonderful way. (laughs) Like you've drank the tea. Yeah. Drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. So if someone knows nothing about feng shui outside of hiring you, what's something that somebody can do? I mean, I guess they can go to YouTube, but are there really great books that you recommend or thought leaders? One of my very favorite books, and I'm glad that this was the first one I read. It's called Move Your Stuff, Change Your Life by Karen Rao Carter. And it's it's a little dated in some of its references, um, but it still holds true. And it's, it's an easy read. It's a really good primary to kind of give you an idea of how feng shui, um, shows up and orients to your home. I know for me, you know, I had a consultation before I even knew what feng shui was, and then I started reading the books. Mm -hmm. I find a lot of the time my clients have started trying to read the books, and it's so overwhelming and there's so much that they just just give up. Mm -hmm. And then, but once they have that consultation, 
the books now all of a sudden are a lot easier to tackle. Mm. But if I was going to start with a book, I think I would do Move Your move your Stuff. Gotcha. I yeah. mean, people have heard of Marie Kondo these days and heard, what is the the life-changing, crap, my friend I know, it's such a long title. Tidying, magical, I don't know. Like, yeah, the life-changing magic of tidying up or something yes. like that. Yeah, my yeah. friend gave it to me a few years ago when I had already started tidying up. So I, I did kind of peruse it, but now that it's on Netflix. You know, I, I don't know that what she does is necessarily feng shui. It's just about the It's not feng shui, up. but you cannot feng shui if clutter's in the way. If you start mm-hmm. doing adjustments and adding things, you know, symbolism to represent love or find, you know, prosperity, if you're just adding it to your clutter, it's more clutter. Mm-hmm. So you have some some people have we have to have that clutter conversation before we even get started. So, yeah. And Marie Kondo, I love her. I think she's adorable. I like what she's what she's um, talking about. For a lot of us, it's overwhelming. So just start small. And I think, I don't know if I said this earlier or if when I was on TV, but start with your nightstand. Mm-hmm. You know, the nightstand is the perfect place to start. Yeah. Speaking of TV, she does do a lot of live TV here in town. Does um, she? Y- you. Oh, you. me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Robin me. does a lot of live TV on Better Kansas City and stuff. She helped me get on there, actually. So I kind of have her to thank for helping me get connected with that. And you kept, you stayed there because of you, which I love. Well, thank you. Hey, we need more female entrepreneurs that are doing their thing yep. out there, speaking the, talking about their stories. So what, how, how do people find you usually? I have a lot of people find me through networking. Um, in my website, for sure, they Google me um, when they're kind of curious about feng shui. Uh, lots and lots of referrals and repeat clients. So that, which I love that because I wasn't expecting it, but that really validates that what you're doing is the right thing when mm-hmm. you keep seeing your clients come back for their new houses or for new projects. So that's exciting. Yeah. 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 Well, hey, when you do good work, people are always happy to refer you out to others. Or again, like like you say, when they buy a new home and they want to start off right. Have you ever consulted with someone when they're like building their house? Cause you talked about mm-hmm. like toilet placement and stuff. And like, to me, I'm thinking like, well, obviously then that means you got to start from the ground up. So, well, most of, most of my clients are not in the building phases and I have helped a few. I've done a lot of, um, business build outs where we've moved bathrooms. We've just maybe flipped uh-huh. them to a different area. Uh, so, but in the case of restrooms, there's definitely things that we can do depending on the situation to, um, to fix that. I'm never going to come into your house and say, Kristen, you got to move your toilet. <laughs> right. Get yeah. rid of those stairs. That's never going to happen. We're just going to adjust it. Yeah. It's only if someone's doing a renovation and they're like, yeah. hey, come in and help me. So I, when I do this, I do yes. open the flow up or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. I just met with an architect who's helping somebody with a B&B and that was fun. Mm. That was fun because we got to make a couple of really critical shifts mm-hmm. that are going to make such a difference in their lives. So that was, that was fun. That really is so cool. I mean, I just didn't think about that. When I first mm-hmm. sat down with you, just the the different people that can be your customers and where you can have an impact. It doesn't just have to be, you know, me as a single gal and you're coming in and telling me how to yeah. open up my bedroom to have a, a find a partner, but the fact that you can work with an architect or a designer, or an interior designer, or yeah, um, I just last week just worked with a gentleman who is looking for a new home for he, for himself and his family. And the first house he told he showed me it was like run, mm-hmm. don't walk, run away from this house. <laughs> Because <clears throat> there are feng shui deal breakers. And mm. then the second one you look at, it's going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be really, really happy there. And it's going to support them. Mm-hmm. What are some feng shui, just a couple of feng shui deal breakers? Anything about spaces in general? Spaces, you know, I really like to avoid homes where when you walk in the front door, you have a staircase going up and you have a staircase going down. Mm-hmm. We call that the split ma- levels. Split levels. Mm-hmm. We call that the Mandarin duck. Um we can fix it. We can definitely fix it. But I will tell you, I've had a lot of clients who have seen some um, struggles that live in that type of home. We had one of those. And when we were there, there was no happiness in that home. I swear to God. When I was from seventh grade until my parents moved in college. Like yeah. that house was, there was just a lot of difficulty in all of our lives when we lived in that house. That doesn't surprise me. What happens is when the energy, so our mouths nourish our, our bodies, right? Our front doors nourish our homes. So just think of it just like that. And when the nourishment or the chi, the energy comes into the front door, it gets very confused. Does it go up? Does it go down? And it that that manifests itself in, we've, I've seen disease, I've seen sickness, I've seen addictions, infidelity, um, difficulty holding jobs. So it's it's it can be a tough one. It can be a tough one, mm-hmm. but we can we can adjust it. 
So if anybody's listening to this and has it, I don't want them freaking out because it can be adjusted. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know that I would recommend someone buy that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What's another deal breaker? Um, if you are, if your home is very, very close to any kind of transformer or any electrical um, power and light, I'm trying to think what those things are called, but you know, anything that, that puts off a lot of electromagnetic energy, mm-hmm. you want to stay as far away from those as possible because those are going to cause a lot of health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, what's another one? There's several. Is it good for your home to be across from a playground? It can be, yeah. I mean, the thing, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm listening to this and uh-huh. it's such joyful noise. It is very joyful You noise. know, I, but... For me, it is. For other people, it might not, might not be. You know, I don't want kids, but I don't. I really don't mind kids. I I, I like other people's kids. I I you know I think mm-hmm. it takes a village too. So yeah, I've been accused sometimes of being a little too tough on kids. I'm like, I'm just packing up mom and dad here. Come on. Um, but yeah, I do kind of enjoy having that background yeah. noise. Yeah. Yeah, you you know the other thing I think I would avoid is if your front door is on a really hard angle. Um, that, that would lead to difficulties within life in general. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's kind of, I mean, that's one that we could work with if the rest of the house was in good shape, but if there's other things, I would say avoid that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a bunch. Yeah. I'm sure there's so much to, you probably have learned so much that you can just like look at a space and be like, Oh no. Okay. Here's my list. <laughs> Most of the time. Yeah. But, you know, I, honest to God, do not turn it on unless someone engages me because it feels very invasive. And I also ask a lot of questions yeah. because something might look like a feng shui red flag to me, but you've got no issues in your life surrounding that. So let's don't fix it if it isn't broke. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it's the same with coaching. It's the, you can see all those red flags, but you have to just wait until they either ask for it or, again, ask those questions. Exactly. So even when you see the, the answers right in front of you, it's more important to say, to ask them those things and find out, like, one, do they want to hear this? Two, right. are they ready to hear this? Right. Three, do they, do they know what's about to come at them? And Yeah. 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 So. yeah. Lots of questions. Yeah. You got to hold back sometimes when you... Mm-hmm. It's true. Because if somebody left, like, a piece of artwork that they absolutely love, their grandmother painted for them, and I look at it and see death, you know what I mean? I can't plant that seed. Mm-hmm. I just have to say, tell me about that picture. What does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. And if it's all positive, okay, let's move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, good. Good. So how do people, how can people find you? What's your website? What's your social media? All that stuff. So my website is Robin Stevens Feng Shui, and that's Robin with a Y and Stevens with a V. And I'm on Facebook, mm-hmm. but I would really recommend going to the website because Facebook hasn't been super active lately. Yeah. Well, social media, I... I would get rid of my Facebook page for my company page if I could. Mm-hmm. Um, I do I do engage with people quite a bit through there, but I do prefer like Instagram and Twitter. So, do you ever do yeah. anything on Instagram? You like- know, I'm trying my darndest to get into the Instagram swing of things, but I, I just haven't I haven't nailed it. Well, for what you do is so visual. Yep. I would think that that would be a primary a no-brainer. Way yeah, for you exactly. To reach you know, people. I don't ask me why, but taking pictures has just been a real challenge. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I'm doing a presentation on the stove next week because the stove is the biggest symbol of prosperity in your home. Uh-huh. I was in a house that had the perfect cure. It was in, it was perfect. I even asked, "Can I take a picture of this for my presentation?" She's like, "Absolutely," and I didn't do it. Uh-huh. You're welcome. That was free of charge. <laughs> well, yeah, I would. Well, that's, I guess, that's my entrepreneur to entrepreneur advice is to get on Instagram yes. for real. It's, yeah, you're right. It's been huge. I have, I've found clients through Instagram. I, well, I lost my company page last November. Oh. I had to restart it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. To Instagram, if you're listening, anybody from Instagram, I hate your guts because you won't answer my emails about why I lost my page. Seriously. I got no... You violated terms. You got reported. Nothing. And I didn't. I didn't post stuff that was all that risque. I followed a lot of risque pages, but so what? Yeah. Um, I I have still have no idea to this day why I lost it. Like the week before Thanksgiving. That's so weird. Yeah. No. No messaging them. No. I tried to reach out to them on Twitter. I I have had my marketing guy reach out to them. Like I got nothing. So I had to restart it. But. I got myself built back up now to the level I was at before as far as followers and, and engagement and things like that. Um, and it's it's been, 
incredible how many people have come to me and said like, I, you know, just found you and I want to know more. I need some help. Or they've sent me questions for my podcast, for my, my oh, little mini cast. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I get a lot of engagement. Yeah. So I, I've I heard think... that. I've heard like the things, kind of the, the, the world that we live in, Instagram is the place to be. Yeah. So. It takes a lot less effort, I feel like, than Facebook. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got a longer lifespan than Twitter. Twitter, like, once you post, like, it's just out in the ether yeah. and people forget about it, like, 30 seconds later. Um, but Instagram, you know, it's about finding the right hashtags. Mm-hmm. Um, it is about, like, setting the, that post up a little bit properly, so there are some things that go along with that. But it's not about, like, on Facebook, you're supposed to post at certain times or mm-hmm. people won't see your shit. Right. And yep. Instagram's not so much about that. Okay. Um, All right. I'm listening. Yeah. And plus then you just, you got to go out and find your followers, like go out and follow people that you think would like your stuff and they'll follow you back. And then that's, yeah. That's the key. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking on Instagram. Okay. Otherwise, otherwise followers can find Robin Stevens at robinstevens.com. Robin Stevens Feng Shui. Robin Stevens Feng Shui.com. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's R-O-B-Y-N-S-T-E-V-E-N-S Feng Shui.com. Feng Shui, right. And again, we can find her on Facebook too. Yep. So... Well, it's been an absolute yeah, pleasure fun. to have you on today. I'm glad to finally record an episode with Me you. Me too. And I love the work you're doing. So oh, I think it's, I think it's amazing. I think it's going to be fun to see how our our worlds collide in a really wonderful way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I definitely have some people that I think could use your services. Back so, at you, yeah. Yeah, we definitely need to refer back and forth. And, you know, if there's people that want to work together with us, like, there's, I'm open for that opportunity, too. Sounds so, good. Yeah. All right. Yay. Well, maybe I'll have you on again someday soon when we find uh, another topic to discuss about feng shui and sexuality. I love it. Your love lives. So thank you. Enjoy your day. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. You can find me on pretty much any social media platform, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. But visit my website if you're wanting more information about my coaching services. You can even sign up for my email newsletter. I've got one that's not so safe for work called The Dirty Bird. A lot more adult content on that one. Feel free to email me at kristen at openthedoorscoaching.com if you have any questions or potential show topics. And especially if you think that you'd make an awesome guest for my show. You can support this podcast through listener support on Anchor FM or you can go to patreon.com and become one of my patrons. Just look for Open the Doors KC. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.